The first show we ever played was in Montreal at a place called Looney's in 1996. I'm pretty sure it's not around anymore. That night, we were the first of three bands. It was us, a band called Sit and Spin, and the Space Shits. It was a punk rock dive bar, and it was the perfect place to make a debut. No expectations, far from home, and a raw middle finger sound that blended well with the environment. The Space Shits went on to even greater things, birthing King Khan, Mark Sultan, Les Sexerinos, and guitarist Adam Gallner went on to be Vice Magazine's editor-in-chief. Of course, our shows with them were years before that, but... Word spread about the Montreal show, and when we were ready for our hometown debut, we scored the opening slot to the hottest ticket in town. The New Bomb Turks were returning to our city, which was still a buzz from their last Toronto show. It seemed almost everyone I knew claimed to have been at this legendary Sneaky D show where the Turks tore it up. But now they were returning as conquering heroes and fresh signees to Epitaph Records. Back then, this small punk rock label had hit it big with Offspring's Smash, followed by Rancid's Out Come the Wolves. The newfound success filled the label's pockets, and they in turn went on a signing spree, signing bands like The Cramps, The Humpers, The Red Ants, and The New Bomb Turks. Singer Eric Davidson made the front cover of our weekly pop culture magazine, Now Magazine. And right then and there, the New Bomb Turk show on April 5th, 1996 at Lee's Palace became the show to be at. For us, seeing this was our hometown debut, if we played well enough, it would leapfrog us past months of slogging it out in front of nobody. That night we played what I thought to be an okay set. I fucked up a bunch of times, but it was enough to impress Eric, Eric Davidson, who invited me on stage during their set to sing Shake by Sam Cooke. I had yet to see the Turks live and wasn't ready for Eric's onstage antics. Not to be outdone, but also not to upstage, I tried my best to keep up with them. I thought it was a very kind gesture for the visiting headlining band to invite the opening locals up with them upon first meeting. But that, in essence, is the New Bomb Turks. We have always considered the New Bomb Turks to be our big brother band from show one. Well, technically, show number three. That night was enough to make an impression on the Turks, and I remember Eric passing me his number, inviting us to stay in touch. But it was when they returned the following year did we really bond with them, and they kind of took us under their wing, dispensing advice when we asked and giving us much-needed direction when we didn't know to ask. They hipped us to cool music. They told people at labels and other bands about us. They invited us to do a run of shows with them in the States, including opening for their hometown show in Columbus with the Dirt Bombs. The, The poster for that show hangs in the hallway of my place, framed, by the way. They even set up shows for us in Columbus and put Don Howland and the Bassholes on the bill to open. When Stuart Berman's book Too Much Trouble came out in 2012, a book on our band, Eric Davidson wrote the foreword. When they reissued Destroy O' Boy, their landmark debut in 2013, they asked me to write a little blurb for it, too. Whether they realize it or not, the New Bomb Turks have been there at very pivotal moments in our band's history. Of course, there was our first hometown gig, but also our last show we played with our old drummer Damon Richardson in 2005 was in Columbus. And I remember Matt Reber showing up to the gig and talking us through it. 
Our last show with our drummer Dan Cornelius in 2011 was in Columbus as well at the Rock on the Range Festival, and Matt was there too. When we played with Clutch and got booed back in 2008, both Matt and Jim Weber were there to console us. As much as we'd love to, we don't see the Turks too much anymore. They're still an active band, but don't tour as much. They still manage to get out there. In fact, they did have a European tour scheduled that was, of course, canceled due to COVID-19. But our paths don't get to cross too much unless we're passing through Columbus. So when COVID-19 hit and we were all in lockdown, I reached out to Matt just to hear from someone I haven't spoken to in a while, but have always felt very comfortable and at ease with. This chat is simply Matt and I reconnecting and catching up on things and Matt turning me and maybe you too onto great music. It's something that started 24 years ago and it makes me happy that when talking to Matt Reber, no time seems to have passed between us at all. So I hope you enjoy this episode. It's with Matt Reber, bass player in one of, if not the most explosive, face-ripping, gut-punching, ball sack pounding rock and roll bands to ever hit a stage. I'm talking about the New Bomb Turks. And Matt Reber is this episode's guest on the official Danko Jones podcast, and it starts now. The Danko Jones podcast is the best around. They play the Guinness Danko School of Delo for free. I'm so glad I like to sometimes. Give me in from fuck to stop playing hang to do. Danko Jones has a podcast. It's called the Danko Jones Podcast. La da 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 da. La da 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 da. I feel it's absolutely compulsory for you to listen to the Danko Jones Podcast. Many times, Liz and I camped out in front of our Fisher 500 Hi-Fi receiver, hanging on Danko's every word. It's what we used for inspiration when we both starred in Under Milkwood. We even got Peter hooked by the end of the production. Peter O'Toole, that is. <laughs> I implore you to go now and listen to Danko expound on subject matter most of us don't even think twice about. Listen to him. Turn anything into podcast gold. It's simply fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready because the Danko Jones podcast starts <laughs> Hello? Hey. It works. Oh, my God. <laughs> man, I got Zoom down and stuff, you know, but, but how are you doing, man? Uh, you know, I think I'm doing about as good as, as you're doing and everyone else, I guess, you know, under the conditions. Yeah. Um, we're locked down here in Toronto, and uh, for the most part, people are obeying the, uh, the rules, you know, um, uh, but, you know, you get those people who, who don't care, and it just drives me up the wall. How, how about over there in yeah. Columbus? Well, I mean, we, we have people that, you know, may care and are just casually, you know, fucking up. But um, then we have, like, the, the really aggressive people that are coming to the statehouse and, and protesting. And, you know, there's, like, Nazis showing up and everything like that. It's, it's kind of bizarre. I hope they start drinking bleach, actually. You know? <laughs> uh, and, and maybe they will. 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. Every day there's a new video to post that's batshit crazy. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a daily thing now. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like we're going on four full fucking years of this. I feel for you guys, you know, down there, and and uh, I didn't know it was happening in Ohio. I, I heard it happened in um, um, Denver and a few other Michigan. places. Michigan yeah. was was a big one, but yeah, we have like it got so bad that our, our governor even had to, who's a Republican, you know. I think like if you're competent, you know, you look great, you know, compared. <laughs> yeah. That's to what's it. out there, you know, like if <laughs> if you're just like you know, shittily doing the right thing, right? You know, like people are like, oh my god, the leadership, <laughs> you know. I'm like, he's just not a dumbass, you yeah, know. Right, like, that's all. Right. But um, but I, I I feel even he called it out because his you know the the woman that uh, is in charge of health, I, I can't remember her her title, but Amy Acton, she actually lives around the corner from me. And she's Jewish. And, you know, there's like some other lawmaker in Ohio that was just, you know, comparing her restrictions to like, you know, Nazi Germany, you know. And I'm like, motherfucker, you know, like, yeah. I just, I, I don't get, you know, it's, I just, whatever. I mean, what do you, I mean, what, I know what I want to do, you know, but I can't, you know, I can't punch people from six feet away, you know. That kind of stuff's happening here too. That happened yesterday with uh, with someone in Parliament accusing the uh, the woman who's in charge of of the crisis for Canada, and uh, she's Chinese, and accusing her of being a Chinese operative. And, oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> crazy. Yeah, what the hell, man? It's it's mm. it's nuts. Uh, but you know, the thing is, though, you know, when I look out in the window, and if I see like, I don't know. Three people not social distancing. I go yeah. nuts, but then I yeah, gotta, yeah. I gotta remind myself that there's like three thousand other people who are indoors who are also watching these three people. So, oh yeah, yeah the, Alisa, the same way. My wife, Alisa, she said to say hi, okay. um, and uh, she, she's the same way. Like we went to dr- drive to the other side of town to pick up some food or something. Yeah. Like. These fuckers are just walking around the neighborhood like there's nothing happening, you know. Yeah. But I mean, good lord. Yeah, it's it's crazy, but you know, hopefully uh I mean, I'm I'm obsessed with treatments around the world and vaccines, but treatments mainly. Yeah. And and you know, if if they can if it can, you know, go down a little bit and buy us time to, you know, apply the diagnostics needed and the PPEs and get everyone going before maybe a second wave comes, then we'll be prepared. Right. I think this blindsided everybody. Yeah, I think it did too. You know, it's re- and I'm really like, you know, I mean, you, you, you know, Danko Jones works more than than New Bomb Turks does. You know, so I mean, I, it's like the people. I have a lot of friends, of course, you do too, you know, that like rely on being out there. And it's just, I'm wondering, you know, I don't know how anybody, I guess you just start recording solo records or something, you know. Well, we were, we were, you know, writing the next record when we were all locked down anyways. We were going to write all the way to our two tours got canceled and stuff. So now that we're in lockdown, yeah, we're slowly, I, I didn't pick up a guitar for four weeks. Wow. So I was just in shock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm starting to come around, and 
and uh, you know those shows will get rescheduled. And but you guys had a tour canceled as well, right? Like a European yeah, it was tour. a European thing, yeah. And uh, we were yeah we were playing Shock and and booked uh, and so we just kind of like we we had like maybe eight shows uh, booked, you know, kind of with like bookends um, of some bigger festivals. But we were going to play London for the first time in 20 years. Right. At the garage, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that would have been amazing. I, yeah. We've played Shock a few times as well, and that's such a great festival. It is. It, it, it's, you know, it's programmed so well, curated so well. We have to be on the same year, man. I know. Well, like when the, when the helicopters did that... Uh, you know, they they played shock when they got back with with Dragon and Sammy Yaffa was playing bass. Yeah, and I I just said to our booking agent, I'm just like, hey man, can we get on? Like jokingly, you know. And Shock was like, yeah, fuck yeah, come on, you know. Oh so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, but it would but be- it was you know I just went I just did it so we could see see the show really. <laughs> <laughs> we actually no we didn't we no we were in the crowd. We saw you guys play with the helicopters in Toronto. I remember that show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that yeah, was with yeah. the Quadrajets, I think, opened as well. Oh yeah, that's right. I think I think they opened. Yeah, it was a stellar gig. Yeah, yeah. Um, we just saw we just saw Chet in Nashville. Chet from the Quadrajets. What is he doing? He's he works for uh, Third Man Books. So he's. Oh. I mean, he works yeah, at Third Man. He's got an office there and everything, but he's like you know, heading up all the, the publishing that they've been doing. No way. Yeah. I think he might be the poetry editor. They kind of, they approached him about it. Like he had some book he was putting out of like local poets and, um, they got in touch with him, but yeah, he's, I mean, he's doing great. Like he's got a band down there called Kings of the fucking sea, uh, with his wife, and uh, another woman that was in the Little Killers, I think. And, uh, you know, they, they played with us at Nine Pound Hammer. And it, it was fun. I mean, it was fun. Like, he's still the same dude, you know. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah. he when we toured with the Quadrajets, it was so memorable because we were, you know, we're from Toronto. And these guys are from uh, Georgia, right? Uh, they were... Uh, Auburn, Alabama. Oh, is Alabama? But wasn't some? Oh, the the Manor Astroman guy was from yeah. Atlanta. I mean, there, yeah, there were some other people from from Georgia in and out, and those guys moved. But when they started, they were yeah they they formed in Auburn, um, which is like a little college town, and they would just like have the venue was like a house, right. and like where all the bands would play. Oh, we still quote some of the things that they said because you know we're from toronto we're just it's just such another world for us and then one of the guys was saying i got i got the divers the divers want to come out and we were just looking at him going what, what are you talking about ah the divers yeah. he, he wanted to take a shit and we oh. still quote that when we're on tour that sounds like that might have been Jr. the drummer. Oh, it was Jr. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, God, I love him. Yeah, and so we we still quote some of it. And I remember Chet always used to call me Panther. That was, oh yeah, he was the yeah. only guy in the world to call me Panther. <laughs> yeah, God, that was what he'd always say. And and you know, I I hadn't seen him in like 
I don't know, six, seven years, and I was in Stockholm, and I think they were on tour with Nashville Pussy, and uh, him and JR in the, um, what was that band that they had? Uh, oh, Immortal Lee County Killers. Immortal Lee County Killers, and then I haven't seen him in six, seven years, and he looks at me and goes, Panther! <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, I didn't know he was with Third Man. I just did something for Third Man. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because it's through uh, Feral House. Right. Um, yeah, what do you what do you usually do like when you do something for your book? Because you know I run a bookstore. And that's we have right. Book. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. Um, I yeah, it took me a couple of stabs at it to really get used to it. But um, I read a few articles from it. But now I've started to just read articles that didn't make the book because I'm oh, thinking, cool. yeah. oh maybe you know I don't either don't want to ruin it for them or or you know ruin the book or or you know, and and I always thought some of the articles that didn't make the book were a little uh, just as good or a little better. But we, for reasons you know that were out of our hands, we couldn't we couldn't use it for the book. Like, uh, so I did something about the band Wasp. You know that band oh, yeah. Wasp. Yeah. And so their second album in the record sleeve is a is a illustration of of all their heads decapitated decapitated on stakes. Yeah. And I go, why do I, they lost. Why do I want to listen to this band that yeah. lost whatever battle that they were part I know, of? I know. That's always, you know, like, hey, we lost, but we, we still rock. Yeah. yeah. So they, their heads are decapitated and stuck on these stakes and they're looking <laughs> evil. And I'm just thinking, well, you know. So um, that doesn't make any sense if you don't have the artwork to go alongside it to look at. And, of course, we were never going to get permission right, right. to rip on them. <laughs> so, yeah. so that's, yeah. So, I'm, you know, I, I'm saving that for some of these book appearances that I do. But it was a lot of fun to put out a book on Feral House. And as you know, Feral oh, yeah. House is so infamous, you know, with some of their releases. So, Oh, yeah. But you running a bookstore, you've been involved with books ever since I've known you. And that's yeah. something I don't think a lot of people know about you who are, you know, fans of the band. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, uh, well, I mean, it's, I worked in record stores, um, you know, in the early 90s. Yeah. And then uh, there was maybe four or five years when I didn't work because, you know, I could live off the band. Right. But, um, and, but somehow like decided I, I didn't need healthcare, you know? Um, so, uh, then I got a, a job at a Barnes and Noble. I mean, that, that worked really well until like the band stopped and I had to work there full time and man, God, oof, that, that about killed me. So then I ended up working at, you know, like, uh, for 13 years, I've been at um, the Wexner Center for the Arts, and I run the the bookstore there, um, which is one of the last remaining art you know art shops that actually ha has a decent book selection. Right. Um, but yeah, it's you know like it's it, I, I love it. Yeah. So it's you know like I mean I've always read books and you know but it's like retail books. Yeah, for sure. You know, but this is like I basically select everything that's in the store. Oh, um, that's great! Yeah, so it's. I mean, and, I mean, it's not like I'm. You know, like just 
getting it's not like a bookstore full of rock and roll books or anything like that no but I, you know like i try and you know i sneak in some some you know lowbrow with the highbrow for sure yeah I, I i love that yeah um yeah so it's you know it's good and actually like a couple like you know dan bachner do you know him he's in wolf parade okay and then he he uh has been in two bands with sam brown who the drummer from new bomb turk so he was he was in that Divine Fits. Oh yeah, that okay. Sam was in, and then now he's he's got operators, um, and uh, he always stops in the store every time they're in town. I mean, they they spend a lot of time in Columbus, but you know, he's actually like recommended some some books for me to carry. So you know, it's it's kind of like awesome. Like people, you know, I don't know. It's a good bookstore. I, I can't really say it's not. You know, but. A lot of communist literature. Right. Yeah, I kind of, I can picture it in my mind. I mean, there's a few of these kinds of bookstores in Toronto as well. Yeah, Um, I believe it. Yeah, and and it's it's just great to go in. And you could kind of tell, uh, oh, they they deliberately ordered this in. Like, this is definitely (laughs) somebody's, yeah. You could kind of tell, you know, when you look around the store. Yeah, no, those are great. And I think they're very needed especially these days so yeah that's no great. it's i mean it's it's great there's some good bookstores popping up in columbus now um but it's you know like i have a little you know because we're part of ohio state university too you know it's yeah. it's you know i don't have like um a lot of like the rent concerns that um independent bookshops do right right but um but still we have some good surviving bookstores in columbus right too and um i don't know there's actually a lot of writers that have moved here really um, wow yeah do, um well there's that saeed jones who just wrote like a uh you know kind of a a memoir of of uh growing up gay and african-american in the south um but then there's a local author named uh hanif abdurakib who uh, he you would love? I mean, he wrote a book that was like a love letter to a tribe called Quest. Oh wow! That, that is amazing. So re- I mean, it's like I don't. You were a fan, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and you. I mean, do you remember? He kind of like it's interesting because he kind of like lays out the landscape of like hip hop at the time, mm-hmm. you know. And then when that record, came, you know, as a listener, when that record came out, how it kind of like changed everything. Changed I, everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember I was working in a pizza shop when, you know, and my buddy was turning me on to, to you know, different, you know, hip hop records. And when that thing came out, I was like, you know, well, the first thing we, we, we agreed to like hide it from the annoying guy that would ruin every record for you, you know, <laughs> you know, but you know, like he, he would, he ruined public enemy for us, you know, or, or just, you know, uh, we'd pretend not to know what he was talking about, but, um, but you know, it was that good, you know, we're just like, Oh, we can't let, you know, dude get a hold of it. Um, but yeah, but he kind of like lays out the scenario and then he like addresses each one. It's a lot about Fife and, Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a, he's an amazing writer, actually. Too. What's the name of the book? It, uh, it's called "Go Ahead in the Rain," like you know, the tribe called Quest. Okay. And um, uh, you know, I mean, he's he's also like he's got a book of poetry that just came out, and then he had a book of essays that came out. I mean, he's like you know, but he's Columbus based, 
Right. And and he kind of and he actually like loves the city, you know, which is nice. But um, but yeah, he's I mean he's good. But that really like the tribe book was was kind of a like it's one of those kind of perfect books about music. Um, even if you didn't weren't into the band, yeah, I was like you you dig it. But um, yeah, so there, I mean, there's there's a bunch of writers here now. I mean, it's it's you know. Columbus is like a city that, you know, I wouldn't have wanted, you know, even though I miss a lot of old Columbus, it's, there's a lot of new things about it that I like, you know, which is kind of like the arts and music and, you know, now the, the writing scene, but, you know, there's, it's kind of nice. Do you guys have book, um, what do you call this, uh, like a, like authors uh, coming in and, and reading, like book readings or book events oh yeah yeah i've started doing that um i mean i every once in a while like i i you know have an event in the uh, in one of our theaters like i mean oh I, wow when, that yeah that's i mean we, we the the wexner center it's i mean we have gallery space um but then we also um you know where we have like you know artists contemporary art in there but we also have like you know, performing arts that happens on like two different stages. Um, and we've had music like King Khan played here you know, in, <laughs> in the shrine, you know, and which is bizarre. I mean, that's the most rock and roll thing that's ever played here. But um, like early on, like I, when um, Richard Hell book came out, I, I actually like convinced him to come out. Oh, wow. And then, yeah. And then we had Ian Svenonius, right right uh before that and he did like a you know he did a reading and then also did a seance <laughs> you know so, which was awesome like he it was like good crowd participation and um and <laughs> and then of course like Eric read you know oh from his book yeah yeah so he we we did that but um more recently I've been doing stuff inside the store space, right? You know, trying to operate more as a, um, as a you know small bookstore. So, um, I mean, we've had like, uh, you know, just I mean, like different authors of different, you know, like, you know, not huge stature, but still like notable people. There's a guy William E. Jones that we've had in um, some, you know, some OSU professors. Um, I mean, it's, you know, William E. Jones had a book of, of, you know, it was just like a, he would call it a smut book, you know, but it's, you know, his pornography basically read in the store, uh, you know, so it's, <laughs> you know, stuff like that, poetry readings, you know, different, different stuff. looked up to you guys when we started there's so many great memories we have of of all those shows we did together and we me and jc we still reference all that stuff yeah it's i mean it's it's great i mean there are those like you know relationships that you have with with fans i mean i haven't laid eyes on you in a few years no but you know what's so crazy the, the closeness is still there you know like it's just it's something that doesn't go away, you know. No, it doesn't. I feel it every single time we bump into each other, years and years apart. If it doesn't matter, there's one time I, I remember, we had a gig the night you guys were in Toronto, and we played our gig, and we just 
booted it back to the city to to see if we can at least say catch the last song or or say hi and bye and you guys had loaded out already but we managed to get in there i don't know if yeah. you remember that but um yeah and that's why i'm just wondering if you guys are always across the pond how we have never crossed paths in all these all this time is beyond me especially with festivals like shock and and booked it like you're saying we played booked it like i don't know three four times oh wow yeah i think it's weird you know it's like one of those things where i don't think i mean we know (laughs) you know i i don't know if the booking agents know that you know and i don't think they're booking so that people can have you know (laughs) you know reunions (laughs) either although they probably should because it would it would be pretty cool you know they do there's Um, some festivals who do that Um, yeah i know hellfest in france they strategically book bands on the same stages on the same days trying to get some sort of jam happening. Oh, and, wow. And that's happened. And I, I, I do believe that's how that whole Caius thing, Caius Lives band started up again because they booked three of the, the guys' bands on the same stage on the same day. Oh, wow. I could be wrong <laughs> about that, but yeah. I saw that. And then, of course, a few months later, they were back together again. Wow, wow. It's happened. Yeah. So but that's, not with Josh, though, right? No, it was uh, Brant Bjork, Nick Oliveri, and uh, John Garcia's individual bands playing on a stage. Oh, wow. Wow, wow. But now that we're talking, hopefully that'll go out into the ether and people will find out, like, yeah, like, we have a... From our point of view, I mean, I don't know about you guys, because for you guys, we were just another band you toured with, but for us, we, we were starting out. So you guys kind of took us, on, the way I see it, the, you guys took us under your wing for, for a few years, and we just, whatever you guys said, we did. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and I, I, I mean, like, I actively tried to, you know, whatever, use whatever influence I have, which obviously is, was very little. But, you know, like, I, I remember trying to get you to sign to Epitaph and, or get Epitaph to sign you. I remember but I, and that. They also didn't listen to me with the White Stripes, and they didn't listen to me with the, you know, the Hives, too, you know. I found that, I found that out years later when those, both those bands broke, and I was like, oh, well, well that was good company to get, to get rejected in with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I was just like, you know, you should, you know, like, I remember just, like, offering... You know, and actually, Roger from Epitaph, who runs Epitaph in Europe, yeah, like brings that up to me all the time. He's like, "I remember you told us, you know, about the White Stripe." I'm like, "Yeah, dude. I mean, like, whatever. You know, I just like music. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't, know. you know, I wasn't suggesting bands to you to, that were going to blow up, but you know, yeah. But it was, you know, like with you guys, I was just like, "Fuck, man! Like, people are missing out on this, you know." I remember you were telling us what, like, who you told and and who you passed our our cassette onto or whatever, and I remember that. Um, but you know, things happen. Oh yeah, that was another thing. Is like a few years back, I remember JC was working on trying to see if there could be some sort of New Bomb Turks tribute album. Oh yeah, yeah. I heard about that. Yeah, like we're on board, and a, a couple other bands were on board. I can't remember which ones exactly, but that would have, uh, you know. And and that's not to say that wouldn't happen still. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, there actually there's a there's a uh, a local guy getting together a, a tribute, but oh. um, 
it's all local bands. Things get in the way and one thing leads to another and it's been 12 months since you thought about it and then it just sputters. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that kind of shit just, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, we weren't counting on it. Yeah. Cool, do it, man. Yeah, the, if the hives, you know, sent the track, I think that might have been like a kick in the ass for us to go, oh, crap, yeah, we got to, right, yes, let's do yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the songs aren't hard to learn. You know, like it's really. I can't remember which song we had kind of chosen. It might have been "Defiled." Oh yeah, oh yeah. Might have been. I don't know. I'm not sure. It's a good one. Yeah, but uh, yeah, who knows? Well, who knows? Maybe this chat will get things going again. Yeah, right, right. I- I'm up but, to it. But yeah, I mean, like we—it's weird. Like we just got, you know, Atomic as a as a booking agent in North America, okay. and uh, through you know. Just he had con- Scott had contacted us about you know a Nashville pussy and uh, Guitar Wolf going on tour together. And, well, uh, he did the Nashville pussy tour for us. So we we uh, we went on tour with them and it worked oh, out cool. pretty good. But yeah, that would have been amazing if it was the three of us. Oh yeah, no, I'd I'd love that. Oh my know? god. I mean, like, we can't break away for too long, but we could do, like, a stretch of it, you know? Yeah, like, we just did four shows with Junkyard in California. We could do that, you know, with you wow. guys. With yeah. Brian Baker's Junkyard? Well, Brian Baker's Junkyard. Brian Baker uh, wasn't in the band when we toured with him, but everybody's cool. He's on the new album and the new video, but, you know, he's in, he's got another band. He's in. Yeah, I know, I know. So, I know. so but, but he, it's all... Everyone's cool with each other. It's all good, you know. Yeah, we. I mean, we did four shows with Nine Pound Hammer, so we definitely got our Blaine time, you know. <laughs> right. Which oh, is, it's great. Yeah, I mean, it's like we, you know, we played with them a couple times way back when, but man, we had such a good time with those guys. Oh uh, yeah, like, Blaine is the best. Yeah, I mean, just like the. Have you seen the Blaine meme? <laughs> Which one? The one that. Uh, but it's, no, it's just the one where it's like a picture of him, and it's like you know, I don't always smoke weed, but when I do, I always do. You know, it's like it's like the most you know interesting man in the world. It's like a play on that, or whatever. oh right, oh but I it's, see, yeah. It's so I mean, it's just like him, you know. Oh, he is but, he is the best. I yeah, I love yeah. I love hanging out with Blaine. Like, and I noticed that. Most people do. Like I, most people get it. Like he is yeah. such a great Once he, guy. Once he took a few days, he gets out of his shell. You know. Yes. Like, yes. He's kind of he's kind of shy. You know. Yes. But um, but it was cool hanging with with Scott too, and and, and you know meeting the other guys in the band that are you know are new to Nine Pound for us. I mean, they've probably been in the band for fifteen years, but um, <laughs> but still like to hang out with you know Scott Llewellyn, the singer too. Like it was, I mean, God, I miss I you know we had a good time, and actually like. You'll love this story. Um, the last night of the tour, tour, four shows, um, <laughs> which is, you know, like we were in a- Asheville, North Carolina, and we, you know, we played like a, a venue and not a lot of people showed up. It was a Sunday night and it's a hippie town or whatever. But um, after the show, we went out for something to eat and just there was this place that was open and we walk in and there's some guy setting up karaoke and, and it was his, it was like his first time ever doing karaoke. 
like for real. He told us that, you know. And so he would, you know, like how the karaoke guys. So we're all sitting down getting our food, and you know, he's just like singing. You know, I think he did like, uh, like I, I can't remember. He started doing a rap song, right. and he was just he was fucking awful. Like he was awful. And, you know, he's sitting there, he's trying to get people interested. And, and he, he did because, like, I was just like, fuck it. I'm, I'm putting our names in to get this guy to stop singing, you know? So, I, you know, what I do is what I, I always do. Sometimes it doesn't work. But, you know, I always go up and I just, like, put Eric's name on a card. <laughs> right, and then, right. uh, you know, put in, you know, September, you know, the Earth, Wind, and Fire <laughs> Which is like something like Eric is an incredible mimic, right. first of all, right. and uh, that that's like a you know after show sing along in the van is you know him singing the lead for September and then you know we do all the body out parts you right. know and um, and so like he got up there and started singing and then we just all started singing so it was like Blaine got up there and did you know Bob Seger song and. Uh, you know, Ramblin' Man, you know, and, uh, right. and oh, it, awesome. yeah, so it was, it was basically all thing into our, you know, yeah. and yeah. there was this other couple that would, you know, maybe get a, but it was just like a really, really fun time. And it was like, kind of like the perfect end, you know, a bunch of dudes in their fifties, <laughs> just, it had to, for the, you know, the younger people that were there, it had to be, you know, pretty, you know, kind of, uh, you know, interesting for them to. To say, like, why are these guys, who are these people, what, what kind of, you know, what, is, is there a convention in town? <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we had, and I, I sent, uh, you know, I got some, I got a little bit of video. Oh, um, my God. You know, that I'll, I'll send you to. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. idea of Eric Davidson and Blaine Cartwright doing karaoke yeah. is. Oh, yeah. And then Jim and Scott did. Uh, oh, you know, uh, like Jim Weber and, and Scott Llewellyn did uh, uh, Jackson. You know, right, right. And uh, I, I sang, uh, I sang a few songs. God, what the fuck did I <laughs> sing? Oh, I sang Dancing in the Moonlight. Oh, okay, uh, okay. The Lizzie song, and then I also sang uh, Fist City by Loretta Lynn. Okay. But, um, but yeah, it was just you know, it was fun to just like kind of goof off and you know sing songs and. You know, and then we had to like, you know, we were just like, oh, I miss you guys, you know. Yeah. So, but it was, it was fun. You know, it was really fun, you know. It's oh, like yeah. Reconnecting with, with dudes, you know, after 30 years, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Oh, when we went on tour with Nashville, I mean, I have this other podcast, which is a Three's Company podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so I made Blaine watch a couple of Three's Company episodes. And uh, then a couple of a few days later, we talked about it, and just you know, listening to Blaine Cartwright talk about Janet and Chrissy. <laughs> and, oh yeah, yeah, and Mr. Furley is. I mean, it's it's podcast gold. Yeah, I, I know, mean, I know. You know, so you know, I had a I had a I had a great time with with Blaine, and I think a lot of you know we kind of played it up, but I think I posted on on social media about Blaine and I being the odd couple. So they played on a on a speaker. They got the the theme song to the Odd Couple, and <laughs> nice. and he's like smoking a big doobie, and I'm like coughing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, 
No, it's great. I, <clears throat> I, I, like you said, it takes, first of all, Blaine looks pretty intimidating if you don't know him. Oh yeah, I know. And then, <laughs> and then, uh, once, once you, he breaks, you know, breaks that down and it's just him, he's such a wonderful, wonderful guy. Um, and so, yeah, I remember this one time we played with, it was Super Suckers, Nashville Pussy, Us, and Honky, that, that oh, band. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I guess Blaine just loves to talk about James Brown. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he started talking about James Brown and George Clinton. And then I just turned to him and I go, you know, if you like that, that combination, you would love Cool Keith. Kendrick Lamar's album—I don't know about the last album, but the one before that is incredible. I mean, yeah, like that's to pimp a butterfly. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's yeah, that was a, yeah, and that actually turned me on to Kamasi Washington. Oh my know? god! You know, which I was like, then I got that that big three. Album. Oh yeah, I love yeah. that. I have that too. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that was like, and I saw some video. I wanted to book that at the Wexner Center. But, you know, that many people is probably too much. You know? Oh, you mean in his entourage, like his band? Yeah. Yeah, like well, he's got a 20-person band. Right, right. Yeah, that kind of stuff is... Uh, someone, a friend of mine turned me on to that. I'm like, oh, wow, they're still making it really good these days. You know, like, I had kind of given up on anything yeah. that was kind of far out, you know. But this, uh, yeah, Kamasi Washington is amazing. Yeah, no, there's some, there's like a new, you know, there's we have a, a a few jazz acts that come through, and there's there's still a lot of good stuff. Yeah, you know, being it's just like it's uh, I don't know, it's uh, finding out about music is different now. You know, it's a little harder, I think, and then sometimes it can be way easier because through the internet you can find this and this and this and this, but then yeah. it's also at the same time very hard. Yeah, if you know exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. I still chat pretty regularly with, with Matt Sweeney okay. and uh, who like was one of the people I tried to, you know, get to push you guys way back. You I know, remember that. Years ago. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, he, but he was based in New York and um, you know, he, he just turned me on to like some, some crazy, you know, playlist stuff. And, you know, I sent him a, you know, the Fifi from Teen Generate has has a bar in Tokyo, and he's been like DJing live sets. You know, oh, like wow. it that come on at like nine in the morning, um, wow. and it's just like you know, it's like this kind of this quarantine is is producing a lot of interesting stuff. You know, yeah, I think just as far as like if you want to sit at home and watch people DJ, you know, D Nice does something. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We've logged into that. I mean, yeah. like, uh, like we we saw D Nice, but then uh, DJ Premier did something too. He did an all Guru set. Oh wow! Which was God, it was so good. Wow. Like, I mean, Gangstar. It was like Gangstar, and then he, you know, all his guest spots and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, Questlove did, you know, did a whole a whole Prince thing where he was playing bootleg stuff. Wow. And explain like he was playing, like Prince stuff that, uh, like it was just like a drum track where he would just drum out a beat. Or no, it was him and and uh, 
uh, Morris Day. Morris Day would be drumming, and and uh, Prince would be shouting instructions at him. And uh, yeah, it was just like I'm like you're you're going to play this on YouTube, and of course, like when I went back to look look for it, it was you know blocked by Warner Music, right? But you know, but I'm just like holy shit, you know, like I guess he's going to play that, you know. Like, but he was describing like the the you know Prince's writing recording process or whatever. Well, yeah, I I didn't know Morris Day played drums. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I mean, dude, like, can all those guys? They could just do everything. Anyone who's associated with Prince. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, he wouldn't. He wouldn't even you know give you the time of day. Yeah. If you if you didn't have that talent. But, I, heard, um, I heard a story about an uh, engineer uh, at a studio we were we were working at told us this one session he did with Prince while Prince was living in Toronto because Prince used to live in this really rich neighborhood in Toronto called the Bridal Path for years because he married a Toronto girl for a while. Oh wow! So he had a house in Toronto, and so there he would, I guess he would, you know, make his way in, and so he was in a studio. Turned record, press record, and Prince is in the room with a guitar, and it's all dark, it's all black, and the engineer is pressing record. Prince is just standing there, nothing's happening. The engineer doesn't know what to do, whether to press stop or like just you know go back on the mic and go, or should I stop? Or, or he didn't know what to do. He's just sitting there, and Prince is standing there in silence as they're recording, and then suddenly he starts playing. And he had already mapped out all the beats in his head. Like, that's how... <laughs> that's, Whoa! Yeah. So that's how, like, the genius level that Prince was operating on. God. <laughs> but imagine being the engineer there, just going, oh, what do I do? It's been, like, two minutes of silence. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. It's like, maybe I just can't hear it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he's, I'm recording something on a different plane. Yeah. It's funny, in my mind's eye, I, I feel like we spent so much time in, in Columbus when, in the early days, but I don't think we did. I know, I know. so I felt much. Yeah. Here a month, you know? yeah, but I don't know. It could have been just a total of a week, you know? Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, you, there's a time you played with Clutch here. Oh, I God, think. I remember that show. It's funny, yeah. you're always at the shows where, you're always at things that, man, like we'll get out of the van and see you and, and we'll just go, Matt. This just happened. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. yeah, and I, yeah, I think we did because I remember we were talking about like we were at a the bar upstairs or something. Oh yeah, it's usually about a drummer. Yeah, yeah. I remember we played Bernie's, and that night our drummer had quit on oh, the way man. to Bernie's, and we get out of the get out of the van, and you're there. And we're just talking to you, going like we're kind of in shock, going like, well, "What are we going to do tomorrow?" We he just quit. This is our last show with him tonight. Oh yeah, that's right. That's it's right. Crazy man. And Bernie's this... is a target now. So <laughs> really, like, yeah. So like the, um, I work across the street from where Bernie's was. You know, wow. so like the university's right across the street. Wow. And uh, so I got to see it get taken down 
and then built into like a big, you know, like six story mixed use building um, with a target on the bottom. So, wow. but, uh, oh yeah, the, the, Jim and I have another band called Mixed Deuce, actually. Oh. So, um, which we, you know, like we play out, Jim and I and a couple friends, our friend Alex, who was in that band, The Feelers, which was kind of like a semi-known, you know, killed by death sounding okay. punk band or whatever. But, um, yeah, so like we, you know, we're all, you know, all the songs I write and sing anyway are, are about uh, gentrification pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like really like it's it's some low brow shit, you know. Like it's kind of like boy gang vocals and stuff. Right, like that, right. You know? Oh, I love that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, but uh, I remember Bernie's. We played. We played with the bass holes at Bernie's too. Oh yeah, yeah. Was, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. With who was the drummer? Was Bim the drummer at the yes, time? Yes, Bim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we just saw him up in Cleveland at our show in Cleveland oh, recently. Okay. Have you heard Ob Knox? No. Oh my God, dude. What's like that? That's, it's Bim. <laughs> and it's like his solo stuff. And it's it's crazy on a whole other level. Oh, my God. It's like takes like, I mean, he's a sick guitar player. Um, he's like starting to do more hip hop beats, but it's really noisy. I don't know, man. You should. Uh, it's like it's being put out on uh, 12XU, which is um, Gerard Kosloy's new oh. record new record label like really yeah so it's um but it's you know i mean he he puts out like if he could if people would pay money for him to do it he would put out three records a year you know but right. um but he's just always like writing and recording and, and doing stuff and it's yeah it's kind of i'll send i'll send you some some links to some oh yeah stuff. yeah i'd like to hear it oh. yeah yeah it's like he's kind of coming to his own a little bit Wow. Or a lot bit, you know? Yeah, yeah. That sounds like uh, very promising. But anyways, Matt, it was great to catch up with you on yeah, hell today, yeah. man. And just a, a, an hour distraction from all this crisis. Yeah. No, I mean, it's awesome. I, You know, like, it's kind of cool to have all this, like, free time and, you know, because I have actually, like, had extended, be it, like, texts or whatever with, with people that I haven't. And chatted with in a while you know? yeah that. and it's weird like how twitter works like i always feel like i'm i'm in some kind of conversation with you almost every day <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know it's like it's weird you know like you it know, is like, yeah this is fucked up yeah it's fucked up you know, <laughs> you know but it's like it's it's weird how twitter can be like when when it's your friend you know when it's your friend yeah you know like you know, even like sifting through the hundreds of responses, they're they're always going to respond to you. You know, it is. But, yeah, um, when I see your your profile there, I'm like, oh, what did, what's Matt saying? Yeah. Oh, I'm usually just like retweeting communists or whatever. You know? <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Like it's. I feel like I could talk for like six or seven hours with you, man. Oh God, so, I, I, I'm I, I miss you guys. I mean, I like I miss you know like I've I'd still like uh, I oh I forgot I was going to tell you this. I'm glad I didn't get off yet. Um, remember the, the Boston thing? <laughs> oh my God. So this is, I'm not going to talk about the Boston thing, but okay. I'm going to talk about okay. how I rode in the van with you guys. Oh, I remember that. And, uh, 
And one thing that I do that I, it's because of you every time, cause my, cause Elisa's folks, uh, lived in Connecticut and I have family in New York city. And of course, Eric's in New York city, but, um, you know, so we were going out east a lot, and every every single time we are within range, we turn on Hot 97. You know, we're going into New York City, because that's something I remember, you know, you guys, like, when you, you got within New York City, like, no, this is the sound of this city, you know? Right. You put on the hip-hop station, and it was just like, yeah, this is... And so that's the way I drive around New York or, you know, drive by New York, is I just put on Hot 97. Oh, Wow. That's what you guys did, you know? <laughs> and it's just like you know, like that's that, that's what my family does, you know. Right. So, oh, that's like, great. That's a great yeah. story. But yeah, that was always a th- you know, because you got Funk Master Flex on all the time. Oh man, know. God. But yeah, that was like you guys kind of you have you had some rules. You know? <laughs> that was one of them. Like every time we come into New York City, we're, we put on Hot ninety seven. Oh man. But, all right, man. Okay. Great to talk, you. Great yeah. to talk with you, Matt. Yeah. It's great to hear your you. voice. Great yeah. to hear your voice. I mean, we yeah. I miss you guys so much. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Say say hi to John for me too. I will. I you will know? absolutely. I will. You know, maybe we can get like a, a you know a four way. We can get you know Jim get and Jim. Eric on here. You know, <laughs> but get John on here too. But yeah. Um, awesome. All right. See you, Matt. Yeah. See you. Too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.